Welcome to the Doc G Show, a radio show cluster. Without further ado, critics have said he has the face for radio and a voice for silent films. Your host, Ben Doc G Gordon. And we are on the air. Welcome. To Doc G Show, I'm your host, Doc G. With me, as always, the one, the only, Mikey Maximus, the Furnicus. Say what? Charette. D-O-C to the single G. What's up, sir? Woo! Mike. Doing good, man. I'm doing good. Yeah. How you living? Good? I, um, Doc G, this weekend, I went to go see a movie. Mm. And I went In the theaters. In the movie theater. Wow. Regal Cinema. Ooh, shout out! Shout out to you guys. Shout All right. Out. Went to see Godzilla minus one. I didn't even know that was a thing. It uh, is a thing, Doc G. And if there are any Godzilla fans listening to the show, I definitely suggest watching it. Well, it's I know. I know you are. I mean, a Godzilla oh, yeah. fan. I mean, I recall you wanting to go to the uh, Godzilla um, uh, museum. So, yes. Yes. So yes. Godzilla minus. I see it. I see it. Godzilla yeah. minus one. Ah, great movie. Uh, well, it's a Rotten movie. Tomatoes is ninety-seven percent, Mike. Oh man, it deserves it. Yeah, man, great movie. Japanese is already devastated by the war when new crisis emerges. My <laughs> goodness, that is. I don't know. I don't know if I'm going to see it, Mike. But uh, you know. yeah, <laughs> that's cool. Now it's a good I, movie, though. You know, I it's mean, you, uh, I see it at uh, Regal Cinemas down the road from me. There you go. I could, I could go hit it up. Uh, who knows? It may, it may happen, Mike. I'm not giving it a large percentage, but it may happen. Okay. Uh, Mike, are that's you, uh, you getting your holiday shop on while you? Uh, while, while you, know, you uh, watch movies, is that happening? No, I, I have not done any uh, holiday shopping. We've gotten some stuff, but it's just like cards, you know. Mm. But I haven't. There's a couple big gifts that Light I need work. to buy. That yeah, light work. I, I, mm-hmm. I haven't been able to shop that much, Mike. Yeah, I, I've been concerned about the show. Word. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm, I'm 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 too concerned to focus on shopping right now. That's I think, fair. I think we might be losing a step, you know? Uh-oh. What? Yeah. I'm, I'm worried we're not cool enough. You know? Uh. You know, perhaps we're getting we're getting too old. You know, like we're, know. We're, we, we can't hang with the folks popping off in the streets. Nobody says that. Oh. But, you know, I mean, just we're not we're not we're not slinging the coolest terms, you know? Mm hmm been on my mic yeah. it's been weighing heavy yeah so i've been looking for remedies and don't worry listeners i've got it i've got info that's gonna make me and mike cool as we are go yeah, let's we, go we are gonna be so cool at all the high schools we're constantly hanging out at <laughs> we're not don't don't actually think that listeners we don't hang out you know no need to call authorities we don't hang out at high schools um no but, Mike, I found something that's going to help us get our two-step back. It's going to make us super hip, and I cool. found it in the only location where you find cool information. USA Today. USA Today. Yes. They publish. 
They published, Mike, an article giving us the top 18 slang words that teens used in 2023. Cool. Why 18, Mike? I have no idea. Apparently, that's the (laughs) cool way to deliver top list is the top 18. But, Mike, before I go over any of these words right now, it's time for you to try and win the lotto. Okay. The the really version of the lotto. The $20 Doc G lotto. I've Mm. got a hot 20 spot for you. If you can guess three words on this list, you've got five guesses. Okay. Um, Riz. Yeah, I knew you were going to say it. It's surprisingly not on their list, Mike. What? It's not on their list, even though it won word of the year. Yeah. Not on the list. Yeah. Yeah. So I have to guess three words. You got three. You got three. Hmm. What are you thinking? What what, what do you hear hot Mm. in the streets, Mike? Cap? Cap. Mike is, is on there. He's on there. Cap is on it. Okay. Think what the young kids say, Mike. I know. I don't listen to young kids. I don't do. I don't. Well, we also know they stress you out. So it's understandable. Yeah. Stay away from them. Um, Is dead one of them? Like dead the emoji? Uh, That's a good. That's a good. That's a good guess. But no, not on there. Not on there. You got one more guess, Mike. I got nothing, Doc G. I got nothing. Yeah, you got to throw know. one out I, there. You got to you got at least I, get I knocked out, Mike. A, um, hmm. Yeah, I got nothing. I don't even want to waste the time. I got my mind's just drawn blanks. I'm I'm so focused on our old words, our old cool <laughs> words, that uh, that I'm I'm like wanting to bring back. Are people saying rad? <laughs> they are not saying <laughs> Is rad, that back? Mike. No. 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 Okay. No. That is not on the list. There you go. We'll put Rad on there. You All failed, right. Mike. You failed. Here uh, are the 18 words. I'm going to put them down. Sus. Okay. Sus. Sus. Ah, I've heard that one. Bet. Bet as a response. Bet? Yeah, you know. Bet. Hey, we're, we're leaving at seven. Bet. I thought that was a few years ago, but no, all right. No, it's still, it's still popular with the kids, right. Mike. Yeet. Okay. Yeet. Yeet. Ah. Now salty, all these words. salty, Mike is one. Salty, that's person been being for a while. salty. Yeah, 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 yeah. Cap, there you go. There was your one, Mike. Mm-hmm. Extra, person's being real extra. Mm-hmm. Bussin, bussin, bussin. Yeah, yeah. That party last night was bussin. Ugh. Okay. Bougie, which come on, really, bougie. All right. Huh? Next one, sheesh. Sheesh, very popular with Sheesh. the kids. Yeah. yeah. Drip. Got my drip, drip going, Mike. Yeah. Yeah. Oof. Oof, as in an accident. Oof. oof. An exaggerated oof. Yeah. Finna. Finna, Mike. Finna. <laughs> Finna, you're fixing to. Finna. Shook. Got you shook, Mike. Got you shook. Simp. Wow. Simp. On there. Simp. Yeah. yeah. Mid. Mid. Mm. I, I like mid. That's all right for me. I like mid. Mid's Hold good, this yeah. L. It's a, that, that's a top 18, Mike. Hold this L. When somebody mm-hmm. takes a loss, hold this L. 
That's, that's up that there. That would just be taking the L. Yeah, that it, there is a variation there, Mike. Hmm. Take the L, hold the L. Uh, I-Y-K-Y-K. If you know, you know. You know. Yes. And then NPC, Mike. NPC. Non-player NPC. character. Uh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Apparently that's a that's a that's a big one. Non-player character, you know, in the, in the fictional game, the people that aren't the player. NPC. Role. So yes. like your NPC is just your character? Well you're you're just you've... you're you're the you know you're just the, the normal guy. You're not the central figure, you know? I still don't understand what cap means. Is that like not lying, right? Yeah, no cap. No, no cap, cap, no lie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, it's so terrible. I use all these words <laughs> except for the cap, and I I can't believe I didn't say any of them. Well, I mean, uh, if it's just me, Mike, uh, Yeet can drop off the list. Uh, yeah. Simp can drop off the list. Salty can drop off the list. And Bougie can definitely drop off the list. What not that like from 2003? Bougie? Like, well, Amigos had a song, Bougie, uh, Bad yeah. Bougie, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, it was in a bunch of yeah. songs for the yeah, last, like, 20 years, man. <laughs> yeah. Like, come on. Come on. But, Mike, which one are you going to assimilate right now so that we can just blend in to the young crowd? What do you think? Which one you going to go with there? Hmm. Hold the L. I'm going to hold the L now. Nice. I'm going to... Nice. I'm holding an L on this word list. <laughs> I like it. Like it. Listeners, I'm going to go with sus. sus. I'm going sus. All right? Now, uh, listeners, get excited because me and Mike, like Mike said, are going to dig into the bag of slang terms of old for the Mike mm-hmm. C Top 3 this week. That's right. We mm-hmm. are picking the best slang words that need to be resurrected. What slang words from the past need to be thrown back in there? That's what we really need to know. And when we combine our new lingo with old lingo, Mike, are you kidding me? We're going to be so popular, Mm -hmm. you don't even know. Yeah. And let me just say something, Mike. I've got mad drip going over here. Wait, what? I know the hater... I know the haters are salty, and they're acting all extra because they really know we're bussing. Girl, come on! With full <laughs> riz, Mike, but they can hold this L because I'm finna start this show. Am I right? Yes. Am I right? Yes, Mike. Are you ready to yes. fire the show up? Let's let's start up this this hot show. Five. All three engines up and burning. Two, one. Zero and lift off. There you oh, such slang. Yes. Such slang, Mike. <laughs> Hot. Hot. I gotta be honest though. Uh anybody I, I don't know any old person that actually tries to honestly adopt slang without being ironic. Do you actually know that person, Mike, that like mm. just tries to adopt slang and be cool? I know no forty year old that's like, you know what? I'm going to throw in a bunch of these words and people are going to think I'm awesome. Mm -hmm. No. No. If they use them, it's to be ironic and goofy as s***. They're going to be like, hey, guys, are you full of riz? 
Is that how we <laughs> use it? I don't know. I don't, I got nothing. Like nope. nobody actually does that. Mm-hmm. And if they do, it's very very bizarre. Yeah, Regardless. it's bizarre because they don't they don't have the reps. They they don't say the word enough no. to make it sound natural. You know? No, not at all. It's just yeah. implanted in there, just mm-hmm. like I just did. It's just all implanted. So, Riz, like you hit the Z too much, man. Come on. Yeah, so, it's just of, it's it's bad. <laughs> Anyways, Mike, we have a fantastic show. We have Sari Shore on the show. She's been she's been in the music game for for decades now. She's out there touring the world. We're uh, we're actually going to talk to her from Wales. Ooh. She's in the UK, Mike. Yeah, yeah, it's very exciting. But first, we need to start where we start. Birthday suit. Mm-hmm. Happy birthday, Mr. President. Now, Mike, you are seventy-eight out of one forty-one. Um, you hit an over last week. That was bad. That was bad. But I don't think you're going to hit one this week. I think cool. I'm very confident on this first person. You're going to get it. All so right. here, here's the condensed clue. His nickname is the Greek Freak. Oh, Giannis. Yes. Antetokounmpo. There you go. There it is. Giannis Antetokounmpo. Yes. Antetokounmpo. Uh-huh. 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 Born in Athens, Greece, Mike, 1994. I didn't know this. I knew his dad was a soccer player. I didn't know his mom was a high jumper. That was on his mm, uh, Wikipedia okay. page. I don't know if that was like actually like you know world class or if she was just like out in the backyard high jumping. But she high jumped some, so you know. that's cool. Yeah, he didn't play basketball until he was thirteen. But then just a couple years later, he was playing professionally in Greece. Helps when you're over six eight. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's always a benefit. Uh, in 2013, he made himself eligible for the uh, NBA draft, picked 15th overall by the Milwaukee Bucks. Uh, by 2016, he was already an all-star. He led the Bucks that year in all five major statistical categories. What? Jeez. What? Since entering the NBA, he has been the most improved player. He has been four-time all-defensive uh, uh, team. He's been seven-time All-NBA player. He's been seven-time All-Star. He's been two-time MVP. He's been a Finals MVP, and he's been an NBA champion. He won Defensive Player of the Year the same year he won MVP. The only two other people to ever do that were Akeem Olajuwon and Michael Jordan. And now he is on the 75th anniversary uh, team of the NBA. Nice. Giannis, the Greek freak, everybody. One of the best. One of the best. Just love that dude. Love that dude's positivity. He's fantastic. Mm-hmm. He's up on the wall right there. Yes. Giannis, just a fantastic fella. Happy birthday, mm-hmm. Giannis. Turning, Mike. Getting close. Getting close. Turning 29. It's getting nice. close to that big 3-0, man. Hard to believe. Hard to believe. Listeners, if you want a fun little uh, activity, go to uh, Google. And look at his pictures coming into the NBA versus now. That man has grown. That's a fact. That man mm-hmm. came in just uh, uh, just legs and arms as a, as a rookie. Just this flailing legs and arms man. And now he's just a giant juggernaut that I would yeah, not want to guard at all. Mm-mm. Not that I'd want to guard the young one either. He'd still beat me 25-0. to zero, But... <laughs> 
regardless. Mike, are you ready to rip some headlines? Let's rip some headlines, Doc G. It's now time for Rip from the Headlines. Mike, a feel-good story out of the Commonwealth of Kentucky here. Uh, Mm -hmm. Jason Smith. Jason Smith, he's a principal of a middle school. And uh, he, this year, is getting ready to celebrate his ninth Christmas with his daughter, Raven, whom he adopted, of course, nine years ago. Cool. And the story came out there in the news about him adopting Raven. He adopted Raven when he was working at his school, and he saw Raven sitting in the office and asked her what she did to to get into the office. And she told him she threw a cup of yogurt at lunch. Mm. Jason then asked if she would ever do uh, that at a restaurant, and Raven told him she'd never eaten at a restaurant. It's at this point, Mike, that the story turns into a Hallmark movie. Uh, you know, there's sentimental m- music in the background, and uh, he decides that he needs to help her out. And uh, he finds out that she's never had a family and bounced around the foster care system, and he decides, you know what? Let's adopt her. And uh, now she's a junior at the University of Kentucky studying, wait for it, social work, of course. Uh-huh. Yeah. That's nice. Yeah, fantastic story, Mike. I do love it. Uh, kudos to Jason. Kudos to, to Raven. Although I do feel there's got to be at least one other kid at that school that was bouncing around the foster system. It's like, hey, what about me? I threw <laughs> yogurt and I was expelled. What? Come on, man. What's, this sucks. Uh, yeah. Anyways, kudos to Raven. Have, have a fantastic Christmas, Raven. Fantastic. Yeah. Mike, a little Tom Brady news. A little TB news. Woo! Woo! I'm not sure many other people have this Tom Brady news either, Mike. Say what? Um, This news story, there was a news story that was released about a company that creates biodegradable pods that for when you die, they put you in this biodegradable pod. And as the news story, Mike, says, uh, Creates a biodegradable pod that turns your body into a tree. Huh? Mm, okay. Now, of course, uh, the news release, as per usual, oversimplified it, Mike. Uh, you don't actually turn into a f- tree. That's ridiculous. You don't. It's not a. It's not a wizard pod. They put you in this little pod, this biodegradable egg, and it's and made it's with bold. seeds. It, it, well, it's below a, a, a sapling, right? And the sapling uh-huh. will use your body, the nutrients in it, to continue growing. Mm. So it's going to take things like you know potassium and sodium and other things out mm. of your body, the minerals that it needs. But, I mean, of course, meanwhile, like worms are munching on you, soil's degrading you, you're mm-hmm. leaking down there. You're not just one-to-one human to tree <laughs> you know Groot yeah. you're gonna turn into Groot yeah I mean uh, I think hilarious. people saw this story and were just like I'm gonna be the giving tree that's awesome I can't <laughs> wait nope. but regardless Mike the reason that I bring it up as Tom Brady news Tom Brady liked the news post on Instagram hmm. cool he's a fan Mike he's a fan he's a fan so I know what I'm getting Tom for Christmas 
Biodegradable <laughs> death pod for Tom. <laughs> Woo! Yes. Uh, He's going to be so excited, Mike. So excited about his biodegradable hilarious. death pod. Um, <laughs> Mike, do you know Deezer? Deezer? Yeah. It's a French. Diesel. Shaq no. Diesel. <laughs> One of your faves. One of your faves. But this is the French streaming service, music streaming service. Deezer. I, I'm. I'm pretty sure the Doc G show's on Deezer. I think that's one of our RSS right. feeds we got going. Um, right. They performed a, a survey five years ago on people's habits and how they find music, Mike. Hmm. And uh, the survey results have been making their rounds once again in, in popular media. And the survey results show that people tend to stop finding new music uh, at the age of 30. After the age of thirty, they basically stay with the same music they 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 oh, have. That's yeah, sad. exactly. That's so Mike. Sad. I I have a solution to overcome these results. Listen to the Doc G show. Mm-hmm. Listen to the Doc G show. I guarantee you, if you listen to the Doc G show this year, there was at least one artist that you didn't know, and you'd be like, "Oh man, that's a jam. I want to get on that jam." Mm-hmm. Just saying. Mm-hmm. Problem solved, Deezer. Problem mm-hmm. solved. Doc G Show. Get into it. Mike, headline. Uh, uh, headline. What? Huh? Headline. headline. There we go. A headline out of Minot, uh, North Dakota. From the Minot Daily News. Quote, Zoo welcomes tiger, bids farewell to beloved sheep. Uh. End quote. <laughs> Uh-oh. Mike, if you ask me, that tiger is a bit sus, if you know what tiger I mean. Tiger is a little sus, yep. Lingo, everybody. Lingo. But uh, just for people curious, the paper wasn't really saying the sheep were going to be eaten by the tiger. Nope. Uh, they were saying that there were two sheep that had been, like, uh, humanely anesthetized, um, mm. euthanized. Um, they passed away, you know? But uh, mm-hmm. just maybe, maybe write a separate story for that, you know? Mm-hmm. Or, or in the headline, say, Zoo Welcomes Tiger. In a completely unrelated news story, Sheep Die. You know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I like Come that. On. Just saying. Um, Mike, headline off of courts.com. Courts.com. Yeah, courts. C O U R T S. Q U A R T Z quartz quartz gotcha. like in the in the mineral yeah yeah Got gotcha. uh nearly half of Americans age eighteen to twenty nine are living with their parents mm. that's a headline Mike <laughs> that could be a quartz article too <laughs> could be C O U R T S could be but I gotta ask Mike unless you're the parents why do you care you yeah. know. I mean, I mean, it's kind of like going to the ER with things stuck up your butt. I'd rather not know. Yeah. It doesn't pertain to me. You don't need to mm-hmm. tell me about where you live. I don't care. Live in your parents' basement. Live in a trash can. If you're good with it, I'm good with it. Oscar's mm-hmm. fine with it. What? Anyways, Mike, um, <laughs> we've got some scary news from the BBC out of Russia. Oh. Yeah, a little bit. A little bit. Uh, police in Moscow have raided several gay clubs. 
These uh, raids came a day after the Russian Supreme Court moved to outlaw the, quote, LGBT movement. Yeah. Yeah. And what got me, Mike, in these stories, they talked to an eyewitness. And the eyewitness at one of the raids said, quote, in the middle of the party, the music was stopped and police began uh, going into the lounges. The uh, eyewitness then added that foreigners were also present at the gathering in central Moscow. That's what got me, Mike. Foreigners were also present at the gathering in central Moscow. Hmm. I I, I don't know what sad state of affairs your country has to be in for you to decide to go to a gay club in Russia, but it's got to be bad. Like, <laughs> I mean, who's like in Latvia hanging out and their friends are like, hey, I thought we could uh, go to this great bar I know in Moscow. You want to go? Like, what does the person say to that? You mean the country that's ran by a dictator who notably hates the gay community and is currently trying to take over another country in Europe? Yeah, sounds like a good time. Let's do it. <laughs> awesome. Like, I mean, come on. Mm. It's pretty well known that Putin is not a fan of the LGBT community. He's yeah. about as much of a fan of the LGBT community as he is of smiling. Mm. They are both very low on his list. Mm, yeah. Low. Very low. Just... Just, just a thought. Any listeners out there that are thinking about going to Moscow for uh, a, a good time at a gay bar, don't. Don't. Find another country. Yeah. Find another yeah. country. There are plenty of other countries with gay, mm-hmm. great gay bars out there. Go to those. Yeah. Um, Mike. <laughs> Gate gray bars. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> anyway, Mike, sorry, Doc G. A real-life Grinch was caught on camera. They were Uh-oh. caught on camera stealing someone's Christmas tree. Say what? Come on, guys. Really? Yeah. Yeah, it's they stole a tree. Stole a Christmas tree off the top of the of a person's car in California. A uh, a Bay Area couple had gone into a store in the San Mateo area when a security camera uh security camera security camera footage Shows another car drive up beside the couple's car. A man gets out, cuts the tree off the couple's roof, stuffs the tree in his car, and drives off. Rude. Exactly. The police have not identified the thief yet. Uh, When the newspaper talked to the San Mateo police, the police said this was a, quote, unique case (laughs) <laughs> and they'll be keeping an eye out if similar acts are committed close to Christmas. Hmm. I might have to push back a little on the cops here, Mike, uh, with the unique part. Because I wouldn't say this is really a unique case. I would say this is a case of a person being a And that's yeah. a pretty common case. You know? <laughs> yeah. I'm going to say. But lastly, Mike, you want to know the guy's name that uh, stole the Christmas tree? Or that had his Christmas tree stolen? Uh, what's his name? Jesus. Jesus. Jesus, Mike. Oh, okay. Jesus. <laughs> they stole Jesus's Christmas tree. Ah, uh, son of a bee. Talk about a one-way ticket to hell. 
That yeah. is mm. not a, not the guy you steal from. Mm-mm, Mike, no way. Mike, uh, interesting story about animal facts here, real quick. Yes. Yes. It's been making its uh, rounds in popular media over the last couple of weeks. A new study is out where scientists found that chin strap penguins, the guys that look like they, they got a little black line that goes under their chin, mm-hmm. chin strap penguins, they take more than 10,000 naps a day. Mm. 10,000 naps. These are micro naps. naps. Yeah, these are these are mere seconds long, Mike. They just close their eyes, nap. Yeah, right out. That's I mean, it. think about it. There are only 86,400 seconds in a day. If each of those naps were to last 8.6 seconds long, then the penguin would mm. just be asleep all day long. Mm-hmm. But they're not. Instead, it's like two seconds awake, six seconds, uh, or two seconds to sleep, six seconds awake, and then just back on and off. Hmm. Which gives me a real sneaking suspicion, Mike, that my dad is secretly a chin-strap penguin. <laughs> he takes more micro-naps than I physically thought was possible. Mm. I don't know. I saw this over Thanksgiving. He's just out. And then all of a sudden, yeah. you know, what, uh, what? What happened? I'm back. I'm good. <laughs> penguin, Mike. Penguin. Yeah. How do they How do they define a nap? I mean, do, you, do they like actually go into some kind of... Like restorative sleep or what? Like is this, uh, this close Mike, I have no idea. Off. Yeah. I have no idea about these chin strap penguins. Mike, we are going to take a break. We are going to be right back. But first, we are going to hear from the fantastic Sari Shore with Ain't Got No Money right here on the Doc G Show.
Here on the Doc G Show, Spinnaker Radio, WSKRLP 95.5 FM in Jacksonville, uh, Florida. Mike, what do the listeners need to do? Well, Doc G, if the listeners feel like the show is a positive way to waste their time, they should please subscribe on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever they get their podcasts. Deezer. Yes! Uh, 
Amen. It's a cost. <laughs> it's a cost-effective way to support the show. And if the listeners are feeling extra generous, they should leave us a five-star review and a mm-hmm. comment. We love comments. Mm-hmm. It, I mean, it takes you two seconds. Even yeah. if you never plan on listening to the show again, listeners. Yeah. Just come on. Throw it on there. It doesn't hurt you. Five star. It yeah. only helps us. So mm-hmm. why wouldn't you do it? You know. I'm just saying. Here's the people that regularly. Listen to us, Mike. You ready for it? The regulars. Shout out. Shout out to Jacksonville, Florida, Columbia, South Carolina, Radford, Virginia, Gainesville, Florida, Frankfurt, Germany, Anoka, Minnesota, Ashburn, Virginia, Piracai, Brazil, San Diego, California, Dublin, Ireland, Boardman, Oregon, Genoa, Italy, Richardson, Texas, Barcelona, Spain, Winfield, West Virginia, Biloxi, Mississippi, Tulsa, Oklahoma, Peoria, Illinois, Katy, Texas, Toms River, New Jersey, Olive Branch, Mississippi, Asheville, North Carolina, Los Angeles, California, Spartanburg, South Carolina, Athens, Georgia, Baton Rouge, Louisiana, Chicago, Illinois, and Boynton. Virginia. Woo! Mike, that would have gone okay, but I nice. didn't take a big enough breath at the beginning. Ah. Uh, I thought I could push through and I got to South Carolina. I was like, my feeble lungs are running out. I got nothing left. You know? It's gotta uh, gotta keep training, you know? Mm-hmm. Gotta keep it going. Yeah. Gotta keep it going. I wonder how I wonder how things are going in Barcelona right now, Mike. What do you think? Yeah. I think Barcelona's going pretty good. We, uh, give me a guess on the weather right now. Barcelona, what do you think it is? Barcelona? I'm yeah. going to say, ooh, they got to be in like the 50s. That sounds very, uh, give me a specific. What do you think? Okay, I'm going to say 54 degrees. Oh, so close, Mike. 53. So 53. close. 53. <laughs> wow. So close. Nice. So close. That's temperate. I can handle that. I'm not a fan, yeah. but I can handle it. Yeah. You know? That's not bad. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll work. I'll work with fifty-three. Anyways, mm-hmm. anyways, Mike, uh, four-star listeners, you ready? Shout out. Yeah. Got, got? Uh, shout out to Mountain View, California. They're pretty semi-regular. I Mountain like those View. guys. Yeah, yeah. Seattle, Washington. Shout out to Seattle. Shout out to Nashville, Tennessee. Shout out to New Orleans, Louisiana. Shout out to Phoenix, Arizona. Ah, shout out Phoenix. to Tokyo. Japan. Shout out to Portland, Oregon. Shout out to Toronto, Canada. Shout out to Elk Grove, California. Shout out to Logan, Utah. Shout out to Sao Paulo, Brazil. Shout out to Belfast, Ireland. Shout out to Greensboro, North Carolina. And lastly, shout out to Bar Harbor, Maine. Yes. Yes, there we go, Mike. Semi-regulars slash four-star listeners. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mike, I got a couple of leftover stories here. Uh, Mike got some Leonardo DiCaprio news, mm-hmm. which, as you told me in the break, you do too. I do too, yeah. But first, I'm going to go with mine. Okay. Then you let me know yours. I know it sort of. Okay. So, uh, I know your news, sort of. The listeners, mm-hmm. let me tell you, it's a, it's a humdinger. Get ready for Mike's news. It's a humdinger. <laughs> mine's, mine's, mine's not much. Mine's not much. Uh, Mike, the 25th anniversary of Titanic is being celebrated with a, the release of uh, the 4K version of the 1997 movie. Sweet. So, they sort Ooh. of just missed it, but they're celebrating it, you know, like a year late, basically. Yeah. Mm. And Kate Winslet, you know, who's in the movie with with uh, Leo, 
Uh, she's been uh, she's been talking to a couple of outlets, including Entertainment Tonight, Mike, on how strong her chemistry was with Leo from the outset of the movie. Just as soon as they started that movie, she's like, I can trust this turkey. That's right. This guy I want to hang out with, you know? And they've been they've been super big friends ever since, you know? Which I mean, obviously, who doesn't have strong chemistry with Leo? I get it, right? Mm-hmm. If I was in a yeah. movie with him, I'd be like, oh, I, I want to marry this guy. This makes yeah. sense, you know? But in the article, Mike, they offered a little tidbit of info that I, I was completely oblivious to, and I, I don't know if you were as well. Uh, the tidbit of information was Leonardo DiCaprio walked Kate Winslet down the aisle at her wedding really? to marry her current husband, Edward Smith. Hmm. Wait, what? Leo gave Kate Winslet away. They're the same age, and she was like, yeah, this dude's going to walk me down the aisle. What? Yeah, I don't know how I feel about that. Not only that, Mike, he walked her down the aisle, and Kate's dad is still alive. Huh? And she still likes her dad. It's not like she hates the dude. He's just a live dude that she talks about all the time. Like, yeah, my dad did this. He's pretty cool. And she was like, you know what? Now I'm going with Leo. He kicked I'm going with that, dude. Sorry, Dad. Like, what? Yeah, I don't understand that. That's crazy, Mike. It's your dad. Come on. Yeah. Talk about a resume stuffer for for, for Leo. <laughs> That's so awesome. I would put that at the top. Yeah, well, I give away friends at weddings because I'm pretty awesome. They asked me to. It's no big deal. But I just I found that bananas, Mike. Yeah, nowhere, everywhere, no, no, nowhere would any woman that I know be like, you know who needs to walk me down the aisle? Ben Gordon. That guy mm. needs. No, <laughs> nah, never, never would that cross anyone's mind. But Mike, you know, my, yeah, <laughs> no, no, I was just gonna say, like, like it's like your, it's like your boyfriend, like your boyfriend from a movie. I mean, even Walks though, you down the aisle, yeah. You know, I don't know. Yeah, well, yeah. like, like I mean, just think about that to Edward Smith, the dude that she married. You got this sex pot walking your future wife down the aisle like, hey, yeah, I'm sort of one of the biggest dudes ever in the world. Good luck living up to me, bag. Like, just, good Lord. The clout, yeah. Mike. The clout, it's crazy. But Mike, yeah, what's your uh, your Leo news? Well, it's not really Leo news. It's, it's not news. that special. But it's special, it is, Mike. Uh, it's pretty interesting. My buddy uh, did a show. He he lives in New York City. Mm-hmm. Did a show. And before he goes on stage, the producer of the show is like, hey, by the way, Table 13, Leonardo DiCaprio, Tobey Maguire are uh, watching the show. So just so you know. So <sighs> he performed God. for Leonardo DiCaprio. And I texted him last night because he told me that, and then we just kind of casually breezed through that. Uh, and I was like, and it just hit me last night, like that it blows my mind, you know, because like how much time have we spent watching Leonardo DiCaprio in movies? You know, yeah. Titanic was three hours long. And yeah. then, you know, I mean, Catch Me If You Can, yeah. uh, Inception, or yeah, Inception, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Inception, it's like yeah. all these movies. It's like, come on, and now, and now, he is paying attention to you. I That's wild. Blew my mind. Oh, yeah. it's wild. It's why I uh, a couple things there. Um, 
one, I would have looked back at the guy from the uh, club and been like, why the f*** tell me that, man? Just tell me afterwards, all right? What is wrong with you? Like, because what, what, you can't call Leo out in the middle of the the performance. It's not like you can no. be like, hey, I'm going to do some crowd work with Leo here. So, hey, uh, what's your story? <laughs> yeah, so, like, it's just, instead, it's just going to make you nervous as So, like, why would you say that, you know? Like, and Leo always covers up, so you wouldn't notice him back there. You'd be like, oh, there's a guy with a hat. And I think I see a shiny wolf necklace on both of these characters. <laughs> oh, well, like, you just keep going. But, like, yeah, I, I don't know what I'd do, man. I'd get really nervous and probably pass out. I'd be like, what? Yeah. What? Leo? DiCaprio? What does he want to see me for? What? <laughs> like, you know, it's crazy. Plus, like, you know, yeah, it's like, you got to give it to Leo. Just go into a random comedy club? Like, mm-hmm. Hats off to Leo for doing yeah. that, you know? Well, I guess it was uh, the the place where they were performing. It was like a private club, which are usually okay. terrible shows. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but they're like really ritzy kind of like private club. And Nobody's like, yeah, paying attention to shows, you. So, yeah. 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 It's just like, yeah. I feel like I feel like the private shows have to be a lot like the corporate gigs of where like it's good pay, but no one gives a there. And yeah. so, and then it turns into a party. As soon as the show is over, it turns into a party, and then, and they're like, "Oh, thank God, we can drink this." <laughs> yeah, I've been talking forever. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, anyways, Mike, we all know Leo's listening to the show right now. So, pretty much, Leo. Um, yeah. thanks for listening. We appreciate mm-hmm. it. We Maybe do. someday you can walk me down the aisle, Leo. Mm-hmm. <laughs> huh? yeah. You can give me away at my wedding. And that <laughs> wedding will not be in Moscow. I can tell you that much, all right? No it will way. be in some other much gayer, much greater country. <laughs> um, Mike, uh, real quick before we go to break, we got a little headline here from uh, Metro News. I was, it's got me. This headline got me. Quote, Netflix viewers horrified by unnecessary incest in new family Christmas movie. <laughs> huh? Okay, okay. So they were horrified, Mike, by the unnecessary incest. But were they fine with the necessary incest? Because <laughs> most of the family Christmas movies I watch have at least five necessary incest scenes. <laughs> it's why they're called family Christmas movies, Mike. Come on. <laughs> Come on. Like, that's the weirdest uh, time. Why would you put unnecessary incest? Is it ever necessary, Mike? No. <laughs> no, it is not. It is never necessary. Uh, Good Lord. Anyways, Mike, we are going to take a break. We are going to hear from the, uh, well, we are going to, what? Sorry. I got, I got off. I got off my, my, my normal routine, Mike. Uh, we are going to take a break. We are going to so be right back with none other than Sari Shore Straight. From Wales, right here on the Doc G Show. Hey, what's up? This Rock Montana. This Mucho Yellow. And this Rock and Yellow. And you're listening to Doc G Show from 803 to 904. The best show on the radio. You dig? 
This is 95.5 Spinnaker Radio. WSKRLPFM, UNF Jacksonville. Welcome back to the show, everybody. We are very happy to be joined by a fantastic singer and songwriter. She is currently on tour with Sweet in England, Miss Sherry Shore. Sherry, how are you? I'm great. I'm great. Yeah, this doesn't look like Brooklyn, right? No. It uh, looks very nice. It does. I I wish I that this was my apartment, but we don't we don't have this kind of space in Brooklyn. I'm in Wales. We yeah, uh, I'm with my songwriting partners, nice. Steve Wright and Viv Wright. Very um, nice. Well, so um, you you are you're opening for Sweet right now, um, yeah. which is is fantastic. But uh, before <laughs> before we have a lot of fun. <laughs> before we get to to the actual music, I actually had a off you know off topic of music question there uh, with England. I noticed a while back on Instagram. Uh, you posted about a Nepalese uh, restaurant, and I was wondering, are you going to be in the neighborhood uh, on this tour? Are you going to get to stop by? I I hope so. I do have one day off um, next week, and I'm thinking of surprising them. Nice. Yeah, they're, they're such great people, and I got so many gifts, you know, beautiful, beautiful memorabilia from my visit there so nice. yeah nice i mean now were you a nepalese food fan before going there or no i was and that's why i went there nice nice yeah. what's that the owner and his wife and the chef and the hostess who's the daughter and it's a whole family there so it's it's, it's a beautiful thing i used to work for my father in a factory mm. so when i see families working together it always hits home <laughs> Now, what's what's your what's your go to at a at a Nepalese or even uh, this was a Gurkha chef, right? That's the the name. Yeah, of it? that's right, the Gurkha chef. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What yeah. what's the go to or what was the best thing that you had there? Can you remember? Hmm. Um, Hmm. Yeah. Uh, I, I just you know I, I've been I was a vegetarian for seven years. So I, I've had a lot of a lot of different vegetarian dishes there. You can't go wrong, friends. Mm-hmm. Just just order up and down the menu and don't skip dessert. <laughs> Treat yourself. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Well, uh, back back to music. Um, your Europe is a little bit your spot. I was you know I was looking at uh, looking at the numbers as far as as far as Spotify and you know all your top five. Is is Europe, Norway, Finland? Yeah, Norway, Finland, Sweden, Netherlands, England. Um, And I was wondering, do you do you see uh, a bump like in the in the live shows compared to American shows, or or no? Wow, interesting. Well, when you say um, Norway, I just headlined a big festival there, so I think it's wherever we tour, we see the bump in yeah in our streams and mm-hmm. sales mm-hmm. and that, that's why touring is so important oh yeah because you know as steve viv and i were just talking about earlier steve has a song right now that's got four million plays mm-hmm. on spotify mm-hmm. and his world check was 12 pounds that's about 
15 bucks. Yeah. So, yeah. So touring is is really the the life oh, yeah. for us. Oh yeah, yeah. It's it, I mean it's 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 an interesting world now uh, in music as far as how much uh, how much streaming plays into it without actually paying <laughs> the artist. Uh, very, I'm not sure how do we get here? You know, I I, I don't know. It, well, you yeah. know, I mean, you you remember back? Like, I mean, you remember back? I remember back to the the. Uh, you know, uh, yeah, yeah, the the Napster days with Metallica and this is, this is robbery. And then, you know, and now it's like, well, a penny, that's not a robbery. We gave you money for that. So that counts. (laughs) It, you know, it's a, it's, it's a, it's a crisis. It really is because there are so many great artists that just, just can't stay in the business because it's too hard and they don't have the financial support. Yeah. And, you know, it's a shame because I really believe societies are measured by the art and culture that we create. Mm-hmm. And it's it's so important to who we are as, as human beings, you know, that we have music and we have culture. But if people don't perceive that there is a monetary value mm-hmm. to it, it's, it's, it's really difficult. Yeah, um, but that, it's so important for for people to go out and support live music. Oh yeah. So. Oh yeah. That. Yeah, yeah, and like you mentioned, I mean, that is, you know, uh, I don't think there's there's an artist, and you know, I've had really, you know, big scale artists on the on the show, really small scale. That's that's always what they're really dependent on is. Yeah. is the live show whether dependent on it the psychologically or monetarily uh, or both uh that's what they have to have is that live show so um it, it's uh and i mean like i mentioned before you are right now touring with sweet uh live shows and uh fantastic band i uh, you know Des- uh, desolation boulevard one of my favorite 70s albums <laughs> there love it uh what, what, what is it like, um, I'm guessing this is, I, I didn't check that in detail, but I'm guessing this is your first time touring with Sweet. What's it like uh, touring with Andy uh, and the guys there? Well, well, guys, this is actually, I did a couple of shows for them last year. Okay. So they invited me to do their farewell tour. Nice. And so that was, it's a real honor because mm-hmm. they could have anything they want. Mm-hmm. You know, the guys are so cool they're so nice it's a great hang backstage andy is hilarious he's got a lovely lovely wife and you know they're just god god the stories andy has i mean he's seen it all yeah i mean you can't have more success than what they had but he's seen you know every you know there's a great documentary Mm. about the band so i you know your your listeners should definitely check it out, you know. But the fact that Andy could still get on stage and give a hundred percent of himself to his fans, and you know his dedication to just the art and the music. I mean, this show that they do, it is tight. Yeah. It is. Oh, it is just so beautiful. I mean, honestly, you know, we we stand and watch in the wings, and and I'm just in awe. Really, it's it's incredible. They they work on the highest level. Nice. The harmonies, yeah, beautiful. Yeah, and the songs are great. 
you know. So, and the band struggled. You know, they went through so much. You know, trying to get control of their career、um, at the height、mm-hmm. of their success, and you know, they they really didn't they really didn't get treated fairly by the record labels. And in those days, that was pretty, you know, notorious common practice. And you know, but Andy's a survivor. Yeah, he's yeah. And and they've he's seen you know it's like you said he's seen seen it all he's he's seen he's seen he's seen the changes of that industry throughout. Yeah, it's like I was asking Robin too, like how does he feel, you know, about going out on tour now? Because、mm. he did stadiums、yeah. with the Stones and the Beatles, and and I asked him how did he how did he feel about those days? And he said, you know, I hated playing stadiums. <laughs> He hated it because it was. He said you couldn't hear yourself、mm-hmm. above screams, and it was more about the spectacle、yeah. than real music. And Robin is an artist, and for him, it's all about the artistry.、Mm-hmm. And in like he loves the kind of touring he does now, which still he does big shows. Yeah, but they're they're in venues where you know you can you can have. A few thousand people,、yeah. know, but they're listening.、Mm-hmm. You know, they're they're real music fans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, how did、uh, how did how did Sweet fit into your、uh, music listening growing up? Because I've heard you talk, you know, and it's well known you're big into jazz, into blues influence,、uh, and I, but I've heard you talk about Pink Floyd and Zeppelin.、Uh, But、uh, I didn't know how the sort of glam rock of the '70s, if that was part of the catalog growing up, was it? Well, the interesting thing, it became part of my catalog because I was in cover bands,、mm. like in high school. We were playing all this stuff, and you know, it was—I、um, have to say—it wasn't until recently that I appreciated. Having to learn all these songs because I think it really made me a better songwriter、mm-hmm. because I understood what really made a great hook,、mm-hmm. what made a song work, and having to learn, you know, all of these these hits really allowed me to get inside the music in a very different way.、Mm. And as a singer, know what what was really feeling right and working and.、Um, Yeah, so that that was a it was a very educational. Nice.、Right. Well, when did you when when did you start?、Uh, like like you were saying, you, you playing gigs in in high school,、uh, and I've I've heard you talk about you know sort of the the jazz gigs around New York. When did you start sort of playing regular gigs? So the first show it was in high school. We were in Garage Band、mm-hmm. before that. Sister Lisa, my brother Scott, and I would grab the kids from the neighborhood, and we formed a band, and we named it after the street we lived on, the Fedgers Gang. Nice. And we we did our a telethon, and we thought that was it. We were going to be on our way to stardom. <laughs> and from that, just always playing in you know these really typical garage bands all throughout high school. And then I put myself through college, doing the jazz gig.、Mm-hmm. I had no other way to pay my tuition. I, w- you know, I wasn't going to get 
a, a real job. And the only other job I had was working for my father every summer in his factory. He had a plastic factory, mm-hmm. this horrible, toxic plastic factory. And I spent the summers on the drill press, mm-hmm. you know, so gigging, like doing, <laughs> playing music. I couldn't believe I was getting paid <laughs> to do something I loved yeah. and not getting working in the factory. But <laughs> yeah. So that's when it started. Then as soon as I finished college, um, I put a backpack on and jumped on a plane with my boyfriend and we just went around Europe. And that's when I fell in love with Europe. But I didn't predict that my career would start here. That that happened because of Mike Vernon. Yeah. Discovered in Memphis. Yeah. And having signed to a UK-based label. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, I mean, you mentioned a little bit, you, you, your dad owned the, the plastic factory. Um, and I, I've heard you mention how your parents both were sort of encouraging uh, to sing, pushing you sort of, I mean, do you, do, you, do you think it was a little bit out of like your dad realizing that he wasn't the biggest fan of uh, plastics and he would he would ra- <laughs> rather, you know, rather have a, a passion to sort of outlet it with or? You're exactly right. My father was a very passionate guy and music was one of his greatest joys in life. You know, he... There were two things. It was music and jet planes. He was a pilot in the Air Force, and he loved flying. Um, But music was an equal passion, and he would drive the car with the music blasting, with his hands conducting, driving with his knees, steering the steering wheel with his with his knees. Safety first. um, Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I don't even think we had seatbelts then. You know, when he taught me how to drive, he taught, he brought me to the school parking lot and had me doing figure eights in reverse, you know, at 50 miles an hour. <laughs> I'm a good driver. There you go. Thanks, Tim. But he, he knew, he knew that I just, I had a passion for music like he did. And my grandmother did as well. And she wanted to be a singer, but she was too shy to overcome her stage fright mm. and was always listening. Do any of my grandchildren have a voice? But she passed away when I was just 10. Mm. Uh, but I do feel like she's with me. I really do. And my father was really encouraging and you know, just taught me to be fearless and just be single-minded. If you want it, you can, you can have it if you work hard enough. He would say to me, when I would ask him, but am I good enough? Mm-hmm. You know, it's so hard. He said, talent is common. Execution is rare. Mm-hmm. If you want it and you work for it, anyone can have anything they want in life. But you have to work. Yeah. So I learned that, you know, I had a very strong work ethic and really worked my ass off. We were doing, you know, six nights a week five-hour gigs every night. And, you know, I don't think I ever said no to a gig. You know, even I was in a band in the South Bronx, and, you know, we'd be rehearsing, and I would hear gunshots. I was like, it was really dangerous. Everyone was like, are you crazy? Like, the band's great. (laughs) (laughs) What can I, you know? The band's great. Yeah. So, no, I'm crazy. (laughs) Now, I mean, I've heard you talk about, you know, the the grinding 
days of going through all of that. Um, and you played like some of the, the iconic spots through New York. You played uh, CBGB's and the other, you know, sort of iconic uh, uh, clubs. Did you have a favorite spot? I mean, did you have a spot that you loved? Yeah. I loved, I had a residency there and I was not a punk artist, but Kelly, who owned it, was mm-hmm. a big fan of my work. Nice. You just never know. And what was so cool is you would stand on the stage and your feet would stick. It was so grimy. And backstage, the walls, everything was so filthy, but no one would dare clean anything. Yeah. Because that was Blondie was there, the Ramones. Yeah. You know, it's like royalty. You don't clean. Yeah. <laughs> you don't clean dirt. It was sacred, sacred grime. And I felt so connected to the history that had come before me on on that stage. And it was it had a great sound yeah. in that room. Yeah. It, so I love love playing there. It is it is, I mean it's it's ironic. I mean, not surprising that Hilly liked your your music. I mean, you know, starting with I mean the, the name that you've got country bluegrass uh, and 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 blues in the name and then it's like oh but all these punk artists have came here okay now people just see it as sort of a punk uh, uh, you know a, a punk venue even though she was I mean you know all about everything as far as 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 far as the music so uh, yeah I wish I wish I would have I never got to see it uh, before it got uh, shut down I wish I would have got to see it. It's such a shame every time I pass it. You know, I ride my bike past there all the time, and I just cringe. And I think, what a loss. Mm-hmm. Even, you know, B.B. King's on 42nd Street is kind of... I did so many great shows there. That was a great sounding room. Yeah, yeah. Fantastic. Well, now... I've lost a lot. You... Uh, I, I've heard, you know, when you were grinding through this, you were doing all of your, your sort of... Uh, your your solo gigs you also started singing with with other bands uh you know uh joe lewis walker and and papa chubby and and a bunch of bands like that how many how many bands did you sing with do you know oh my goodness (laughs) i haven't i haven't uh even thought about that um a lot (laughs) um but i will tell you i was with um, Joe Lewis Walker mm-hmm. for a year and I was thrilled to be in the position of um, not the lead because at, <laughs> having done that for, for so many years to be able to step into the role of, of a I want to say a ba- I was a background singer but if anyone ever just called me that Joe would would really have a problem with it. He wanted to create this I can Tina Turner thing. Mm. But, you know, you call it what you want. I was the backup singer, really. But I loved it. Yeah. Because you know, I would watch Joe do interviews and I would think, oh, I could never do that. Like, do an interview and then go on stage. Yeah. And to do all the press. It's like, oh, I'm so glad I'm in this role now. And I'm going to stay as his sidekick for the rest of my life. I'll sign on the dotted line right now. Because it's just so comfortable. Yeah. And after a year, Joe Joe just said, you know what? We, uh, you really need to spread your wings. You know, you got, you got to, you just, you got to do it. Mm-hmm. And yeah, thanks to him, you know, I, 
I was ready to, you know, step out on my own again. But what felt so comfortable with Joe's situation, you know, there was an agent, there was a band, there was a, a record label. So before that, at, at that point, I was still an independent artist. Mm. And it's a very lonely feeling when you're, you know, still grinding yeah. the pavement all the time. It, it's lonely sometimes. And so, I mean, when you you were playing with uh, bands like Joe's, like like you said, you you weren't necessarily thinking like I gotta make my own music. No, it was a nice break from <laughs> all the years of really pushing and struggling, and you know, trying to get a record deal, trying to get a manager, try to get all those things on board. And I was just stepping into a completely formed situation. I could just focus on the art. Mm-hmm. And that was a tremendous relief. Now, little did I know, right after Joe really encouraged me, he, he, he talked me into it. He spread my wings. Mm-hmm. Go. You can do it. it. It was very soon after that, that I suddenly had my own record deal, my own manager, my own agent all across Europe and the UK. So you didn't have yeah, to be lonely I, for too long. Yeah, I didn't realize I didn't realize um, that the work I had done had actually been making an impact. But you don't see it like even now when people are congratulating me on Joyful Sky, the record with mm-hmm. Robin Trower going to number one, I feel no different. In my yeah. I, I'm kind of in the center of the the hurricane and you don't yeah. you don't recognize all of this stuff that's going on around you and I'm focused on my own solo album right now mm-hmm. and I'm it's a lot of energy trying to split between recording my solo album and being on tour with the suite I'm in the UK and jumping over to Germany coming back to the UK going back over two days record some vocals come back go back out on tour so there's it's this is a particularly challenging period for me right now. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, now, w- when you uh, like once you once you 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 spread out, you spread your wings. Uh, you mentioned uh, you met up with Mike Vernon uh, in in Memphis. Uh, he, yeah. you know, he he was sort of the focal point of, of getting that started as far as uh your, your solo career there um and I, I was I, you know he was producing the first album your first uh, debut album um you obviously had a whole bunch of material saved up uh by that time how, mu- how much did mike tinker with it was he a producer that uh, was was heavy as far as coming in and and looking at what you had writ- uh, written or was he just let you go. Well, that's a great question. So, this was the first challenge when when Mike discovered me in Memphis, and I had met him that same day, mm-hmm. actually, the day before. He was receiving a Lifetime Achievement Award for Producer of the Year. It was a big honor, and there were a lot of people in that room, industry people that I that were getting awards that I wanted to meet. That all could have helped my career at that point. Mike was the only one who said he was retired, mm-hmm. living in Spain. So there was absolutely no no reason for me on a professional level to meet him. And I had decided I don't want to look like a politician working the room. 
choose one person, say hello to one one of these industry people, mm-hmm. but that's it. Mm-hmm. And I just had this feeling, it's got to be Mike. Mm-hmm. And then I was telling, kicking myself saying, this is why you're not going to be successful because <laughs> you are about to meet the only guy who can do nothing for you. <laughs> but it didn't, it didn't feel duplicitous. I was just yeah. going to say, Mike, congratulations. I love your work. All these records. Oh, my God. And bye. Mm-hmm. And I could see he wanted to talk further, but there were so many people crowding in around him. I just turned around and ran out the door. And then I sang. I was invited to sing at the Daisy Theater that night. Mm-hmm. And the next day, Mike had tracked me down finally. He's like, why didn't you tell me you were a singer? <laughs> and he said, are you, is anyone producing you? What are you doing? And lots of questions. And mm-hmm. um, I had just stepped out of Joe's band. Mm-hmm. And... I said, I'm not, no, I'm not recording. And uh, I actually had started to do a record, but the producer had run away with the money. Mm. So <laughs> it was very frustrating. Yeah. I had sold cars, keyboards, everything to raise money to make this record with someone. Um, and I, w- I won't mention names because, you know, I, I forgive. And I understand people have different struggles that they, they have to deal with. But it was a hard period for me, and it hurt me um, to be halfway through an album and then yeah. have to stop. But um, I said, no, no, I'm not not recording anything at the moment. And he said, send me some material. And that was hard to choose which song would Mike like or yeah. not like. So I sent him a bunch of things that I, I felt good about, and he absolutely loved it. And he said, okay, I'm putting a band together. Come over, we'll do a writing session. So I arrive and I realize everything I've worked for has come down to a blank piece of paper because I now have to write a song with Mike and his guitar player at his dining room table. And the guitar player starts to strum something and I suggest a couple of chords. And then I turn trying to think of an idea and there's a picture of Mike's wife on the shelf and she just passed away. Mm. And the song came to me fully formed, lyrics, melody, everything. Natalie gave me the song and it's called Letting Go and it's on Never Say Never and I sang the song down to Mike and TK Banal, the guitar player and that was it. From that moment on Mike was fully committed to the project. And wow. Yeah. And when we went into the studio, Mike is much more about emotion and not, he is not controlling he is not uh, it's all about the feel. Mm-hmm. And that's why musicians love to work with him. He knows how to bring out the best in everybody. He knows what we're capable of. Mm-hmm. He pushes the boundaries. He tells everyone, don't worry, I will keep everything in the goalpost. You just do whatever you want to do. <laughs> nice. So, And then he reels in when, when it's required. So, yeah, fantastic producer to work with. Very really. nice. Very nice. Well, now, about a month ago, uh, we, we mentioned him a couple times, you... you Released a new album uh, with with Robin Trower, um, legendary guitarist. Uh, you know, uh, I think I think most of the listeners probably know. Uh, most recently, doing all the stuff with Robin Trower band. Uh, how does an album like that get started? What do you? Wh- wh- okay. <laughs> you know, I sort of I sort of think like uh, you know, is it you're just walking down the street one day and see Robin and say, hey, you want to make an <laughs> album? How how does how does that happen? So, the way it ha- it's a great story. Robin, I had done a support for Robin um, 
I think it was before COVID. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, he started to take an interest in my work. And because, because of COVID, I think he had the time. Mm-hmm. And heard that I was doing a, my next studio album mm-hmm. and said, you know, he would really love to contribute three songs to my next album. So he called me up and said, I'd like to write three songs for you. And I was like, well, I would love it. Yeah. You know, great. Uh, although I normally write all the songs myself. Robin Trower, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Sent over the first song. I loved it. It was just him playing acoustic guitar and singing. And then he would take a photo of his handwritten lyrics mm-hmm. and send me the JPEG. Loved the first song. Yeah. I said, okay. She said, all right, you ready to hear a second one? Send it over. I love that one too. And then I thought, I hope he knows I'm being honest with him because, you know, now I've loved two, two out of two. Yeah. Third song, same problem. Problem. I'm, I'm like, I love this one too. And I said, Robin, honestly, you know, I... I'm thrilled that I love all the songs, but I want you to know if I didn't feel they were right for me, I, I honestly would tell you because I respect you that much that I would absolutely be honest. But he chose the right keys, so mm-hmm. they felt musically felt comfortable. He found subjects lyrically that somehow absolutely connected with me. I still to this day don't know how he did that. It's like he got inside my head. And so from a lyrical perspective, from a musical perspective, it was working. We went into the studio. It was a breeze. I, I asked if we could just start with the song I felt would be the most challenging. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll be moving on because there's so many different ways you can approach that song. It could be geared more rock. I could slant it with a more blues influence. I could also bring out more of the soul R&B mm-hmm. elements in it. And... I thought, let's start with the most difficult one, because if I can get that one nailed, yeah. then the rest will be easy. And um, he just said, do what you do. <laughs> that was it. Do what you do. So when I went in, it just, Robin likes to do stuff in one take. So as I was recording it, I thought, you know, I think this is going really well. And then your mind starts to wonder, like, all right, there's, 20 seconds left. Will Can't I screw be it able up. to make it without screwing up? <laughs> I got into the control room. Robin was like this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then he said, No, I got, I, you made something you did and, and gave me an idea for another guitar part. So I'm going to add something on the guitar there. And, and then it was so great. We did three songs in one day. And he said, Look, you want to make a world class record? Let's do one together. Nice. And that's how it happened. Nice. So, now, w- yeah, and we both, I put my solo album on hold, and Robin had to put his solo album on hold for us to do this. Yeah. So, well, now, the, it, the rest of the songs, did the, did the songwriting process sort of go the same, or did you put more in on the, the other songs? No, no. Robin wrote all the music, all the lyrics, he did everything. And I talked to him about collaborating, mm-hmm. but for Robin, writing is a very personal, mm-hmm. very introspective thing. And his guitar playing comes out from the songs he writes. Mm-hmm. That's what inspires his playing. Yeah. So he wrote 
more songs. I was out on tour at the time, mm -hmm. so he would just send the songs across as he would do them. Mm -hmm. And once again, I think there were only two songs out of the, out of the entire batch that we put on the side. And maybe we will revisit them in the future, but the rest of the songs were just beautiful. Nice. And it was an honor to record them and great fun. Yeah, for sure. We, we, we spent a lot of time, you know, laughing our in the control room, you know, and just so, so pleased with the synergy that we had because there's no guarantee that yeah. happens. Yeah. And, and it's more, it's more than just music. It's like you just have to connect with someone on a humanistic level. Mm -hmm. Like, do you, do you see this world the same way? Do you have this, you know, the same, feeling about music, the goals you want to achieve, do you perceive, you know, life in a similar way, so, mm -hmm. yeah, we, we have all of that. Nice. So, we had that foundation. Nice. Now, did you, uh, I mean, the album came out, like you said, beautifully, uh, fantastic, we're going to hear Burn here in a little bit, uh, fantastic song, um, but, uh, do you guys have any plans, uh, you know, performing together in the in the future? Going going on, uh, you know, maybe a tour or just a couple of shows or anything like that. We we would love to, but our schedules are it really complicated to put together. So it's not impossible, mm -hmm. but not knowing if we would be able to, we filmed a live concert mm -hmm. or pay per view. Yeah, of us performing the album, and Robin even performed some of his classic hits mm -hmm. as well. He threw in a couple of those songs, so there is something for people to watch. And you know, Robin wanted to give that to the fans because there is a demand for for us to yeah. play the record live. So we've done this. We've we've gone into a beautiful venue and we played that record down live, and Robin was spectacular. Mm -hmm. It's, I'm considering he hasn't been on stage in uh, about four years mm -hmm. thanks to COVID. You know, I had um, already been out touring. So being on stage for me was, you know, it. I had already, you know, yeah. you have to mm -hmm. build stamina, get into the whole touring mindset. Yeah. So Rob just stepped in cold, you know, but um, I kind of, when I'm in soundcheck, there were all these cameras and, and the lights are very bright and mm -hmm. I hadn't really been prepared for that. Yeah. <laughs> and then I looked over and I thought, I'm on stage with Robin for the first time. Kind of sucks that it's under these conditions, you know? Yeah. <laughs> with all these cameras and all these lights. And then I'm singing and something is not feeling right. Mm -hmm. And I'm singing the wrong lyric. I'm singing a different lyric than the song we're playing. And I looked over to Robin again and he's just laughing, shaking his head. <laughs> he looked up and said, break. <laughs> so luckily when the cameras were rolling, I think he, Robin and I both gave, gave the performances of our, of our life. We, under, under the pressure, we, you have no choice. Yeah. You have to get it right. Terribly embarrassing when you screw up and you're being filmed. That so, I was imagining all kinds of terrible things like, I'm gonna fall off the stage. I'm gonna trip over Robin's lead, and and I'm gonna yank the guitar out of his hand, and it's like his muscles are gonna be collapsing. But no, everything, 
sorry, everything actually went quite smoothly. <laughs> that, that reminds me of uh, when when the Eagles got back together and they were doing the Hell Freezes Over tour and they did their first thing they did back together was the MTV Unplugged uh, and they had all the cameras on them and Don Henley forgot the words to one of the, the, the new songs and they just literally had to, as they're recording, he had to just stop stop i don't i don't and they had to start it all over again but i mean you know the good thing is is usually the fans are uh even when something like that happens uh they're they're accepting you know they understand cool. yeah well like when i did the um i did a show at carnegie hall with buddy guy and eric burden mm -hmm. and i was sandwiched in between them and when i was watching from the wings Eric Burton had a teleprompter with House of the Rising Sun. And I thought, you know, how many times has he had to have sung that song? But under the pressure of yeah. the moment, you know, when you're live there on the stage at Carnegie Hall, and believe me, I was, you know, that was one of the most frightening yeah. performances <laughs> until you're until you're actually on the stage and the music starts, then everything is okay. Yeah. But you know, waiting in the wings, that's that's not not a fun experience as your heart is going to you know, as soon as you tell yourself calm down, the opposite happens. Yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. It it doesn't it doesn't hurt though, like you said, it doesn't hurt to have a little reminder there with a teleprompter. Oh yeah, that's where I'm at. Okay, there we go. That's nice. Yeah, right. <laughs> so I will never judge another artist for doing that ever again. Well now, uh you mentioned it. Um you you've got a solo album uh, that you're working on now. Um, what's the plans for, I mean, obviously you've got lots of touring here for the last of, of 2023. Uh, what's sort of yeah. the plan as far as the album and next year? How, how do you see it going? So if all goes to plan, we will finish recording the album in the middle of January and then prepare for a release right at the beginning of March when my big tour kicks off. Nice. So the label will have, you know, uh, four or six weeks to promote. We'll probably release a few singles as a lead up because press doesn't want to talk about tours. It's only new releases. Yeah. So a new release drives the promotion for a tour. Yes. So that's why it's really important that we get the songs all finished. We're, we're pretty close at this point. Um, I've had a couple of lyric rewrites in mm -hmm. the last few days, which always hurts like <laughs> But there's nothing that feels better than getting the last line of a song finished. Mm -hmm. So it's like <laughs> pleasure and pain all together. But um, yeah, the, the album is really shaping up to be the best work I've done. Nice. Which is great because and I think if you if you don't do something better or as good as your previous work, just tell people, you know what, just buy my old stuff. Yeah. <laughs> don't waste your money. <laughs> so you got, you know, every time you put out something else, it's got to be, you know, just a, give a little bit more, a little bit more, you know, push the boundaries a little bit more. Yeah. And, you know, it's with, with all the experiences I've had the last couple of years, I have a lot to write about. Yeah. A lot I need to get off right now yeah i i think i think listeners can 
you know, listeners get two things. Listeners can feel sometimes when an artist doesn't think it's their best work. You know, they 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 can pick up on that to a degree. And then the other thing that I think sometimes with with listeners is that you know you've got to keep that in your mind that most of if if like a, if an artist changes musical direction to a degree that's because that was what they were feeling and that's what they think is their best work at the time so even if you don't you might not like it as much as the old stuff that's still what they they wanted to put out there and they think is their best stuff so it's always in the you know it's always best it's the best art that's coming out you know yeah and it, it is a fine line there is a balance between having artistic integrity mm-hmm. and wanting to make your fans happy mm-hmm. you know I've, I've got I love my fans yeah they've supported me from my first album mm-hmm. so I want to continue to give them music that they will love yeah but I also have to make sure that what I'm creating is honest Mm-hmm. and has integrity yeah because you know and bringing when you can pull those those two things together and you know i might do a spin-off album that is a completely different kind of project mm-hmm. uh you know I, I i i have a few ideas that you know i'll, I'll share with you in the future but you know doing it as a side project yeah and then you know, so it doesn't take Coming anything back, away yeah. from, you know, what what I've been, the path I've been working working on. For sure, for sure. Well, we are enjoying the path. We enjoy the uh, the music that you've made, and are looking very forward to the new album. We're going to enjoy for now uh, the fantastic album that you made with Robin. Uh, Sari, we are up against a break, but I I want to thank you for taking the time to come on the show and talk with us today. It has been a real pleasure to speak with you, Ben. It's like just hanging out with a friend here. Thanks for visiting me in Wales. Uh, hey, it was, uh, I mean, I, I wish I was there. Uh, pub, I wish you were here. Pub visits. We'd be going to the beauty- pub right Yeah, now. exactly. <laughs> exactly. Well, listeners, make sure you check out uh, Sari at her website, Sari Shore. Uh, or follow her on social media, stream all of her music. Uh, you know, she, she's looking for those those, those big bucks from streaming that we talked about earlier. Uh, but right now, let's take a listen to Burn by Robin and Sari right here on the Doc G Show. Is that same That same old thing. I caught down, you start a fire. You don't need to burn. On your own It's a real 
Here on the Doc G Show, Sari Shore, right here on the Doc G Show. That was fantastic, Mike. Uh, fantastic guest. So nice. Sari, just a, a lovely, lovely person. Wales looked nice by her view, uh, by her Zoom view. It's a lovely room. Mm-hmm. It looked palatial yeah. there. I was like, man. Although, you know. Uh, it, it did, even though, like, I couldn't really see anything outside, I just felt cold and dark. Even, like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I was just like, yeah, yeah, ooh. yeah, I mean, it looks nice in there, but you go outside, bet you it's cold and damp. No. Yeah. <laughs> no pass on that. But regardless, Mike, uh, I mean, just such a, a cool performance history. Getting to play at CBGB, um, I mean, just such mm-hmm. a... Such a legendary place to play at. It's like I told her. I wish I would have got to see it. I think. I think it got. Yeah. I think it got closed down for good in two thousand seven. I want to say, mm. but uh, I was in. I was in New York in high school, well before it closed. Mike, I could have seen it, mm. and here I was seeing stupid things like the Met. <laughs> or another museum or church, something historically relevant like that. Who cares, Mike? That's yeah. not important. No, nah, I'm kidding. They're all important in their own way. But I wish I would have got to mm-hmm. see the CBGB. It would have been nice. Uh, and then Carnegie Hall, Mike. Another, if you think about it, we almost had two in a row people performing at Carnegie Hall. That's a fact. We mm. had Lewis Black that performed at Carnegie Hall, and yep. then then uh, Sari, and getting to perform with uh, Eric Burden and uh, Buddy Guy. That's a pretty uh, yeah. That's a pretty uh, heavy heavy performance. Yeah, right legends. There. Yeah, so true. Yeah, and I you know I like that. 
she brought up how Eric Burden had the lyrics to House of Rising Sun, and of course that's his most popular song that he had. Uh, he didn't write the song, but most popular song he did with the animals. Um, and you know, I like that he had those. It's like yeah, got my got a got a little uh, got a little safety net here, folks. Just if yeah. if my mind goes wandering, don't worry, I'll find it. I'll find my place. Mm-hmm. You know. Mm-hmm. Gotta, yeah. I respect that. Just being safe. Not about it. Even after like 50 years in the biz, he's like, you know what? Just in case, you know? Yeah. Just, <laughs> just I, I am getting older. Maybe my mind's starting to slip. I've got the lyrics over here, gang. <laughs> Don't worry. Don't worry. But anyways, guys, if you get a chance, make sure you listen to her album with Robin Trower. Fantastic. You listen to all of her music there on Spotify or any streaming service. Uh, This uh, streaming service brought to you by Deezer, of course. We love it. Um, Mike, (laughs) are you ready for the fastest growing segment in the world? Mike C. Top 3. Let's do it. Woo! Mike, I'm pretty excited about this one. Um... Me the too. three favorite I, I went I went to town on this. The three favorite retired uh slang words from from old. From old. And Mike, I mm-hmm. went I went deep. <clears throat> I went back there. I didn't just do nineties, eighties. I went back to the twenties, <clears throat> Mike. I went back the to the twenties. The twenties, the thirties. Yeah. I got some good ones in here. Now, uh, do you have any uh honorable mentions? I do. Okay. I have, um, I have like five. All right. Well, well, let's go back and forth. Your first honorable mention. Cool beans. Nice. Cool beans. I never used I like it. Cool I beans. had a couple of friends that used cool beans. Mm-hmm. I had a couple of friends that cool, cool beans. You know, I had a, a, cool one of my dad's, uh, one of my friend's dads. Uh, he used it. He used it a lot. You know, I think mm-hmm. he was trying to be hip with the kids. And I was like, not working, bro. <laughs> not working. Sorry. Um... Boss. That's one of mine. Mmm, boss. Yeah, it's boss. That's boss, man. As in fantastic. I like it. As you know, that's a good one. That car's boss yeah. right there. Those shoes that's are boss. boss you know? I like it. They're boss. No, they're actually boss. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, Mike, your number, or uh, well, uh, your next honorable mention. The bee's knees. Bee's knees. That's classic. Yeah. That's classic. The bee's knees. That's classic. Um, Mike, this one is... I don't know how you use that, though. Yeah, it's the bee's knees, <laughs> the man. Bee's knees. You know? That show yeah. was the bee's knees. Uh, that yeah. uh, that okay. that meal was the bee's knees. It's just something that's great. That's, that's right, yeah. Um, How about this one, Mike? Giggle juice. Giggle juice. That's for alcohol. Never heard that. Giggle juice. Oh. Hitting up okay. some giggle juice, man. Uh, getting a little tipsy. Too much giggle juice. You know? Hmm. There you go. Person falls off stage, too much giggle juice. Gotta watch out. Yeah, I call it sleepy juice. That as well. That as <laughs> for well. me, it's sleepy juice. That that's for a lot of people, I think. That's for a lot of people. All right, your next one, Mike. Cruising for a bruising. Ooh, <laughs> you're cruising for a bruising. Now I've known a lot of people uh, with that one. A lot of people like to throw that one out. <laughs> that one's that one's pretty popular. Yeah. That one's pretty popular. This one's one uh, of my favorites, Mike. Uh, if your person's getting dressed up. They're looking. They're looking real fly. They're togged to the bricks. Todd to the bricks. Togged to the bricks. Yeah. yeah, I've never heard that. I know that's an old school one, man. <laughs> togged to the bricks, man. You get you get up uh, in your suit. You're looking fly. Togged to the bricks. 
Hmm. Okay. All right. Another honorable mention, Mike. What you got? Uh, far out. You know, classic sixties, old, old school, classic sixties, yeah. far, far out, out. Yeah. Uh, far out. Far mm. out. I'll give you one of my sixties uh, ones then to follow that up. Copacetic, copacetic, copacetic. What does that mean? Copacetic, copacetic. Yes, like uh, copacetic means uh, like uh, we're good. Like, okay. are we copacetic? You know, are we copacetic? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it it originated in the twenties. Got popular in the '60s. Yeah, yeah. It took a while. Okay. Took a while to brew. You got any more? Um, last one. Swell. I think I I still use swell sometimes. I use swell, swell every now and then. Yeah, swell. That's a. Uh, That's swell. We might need to bring it back into more, you know, robust usage. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Here's a good one, Mike. Does he shin cracker? What? If you're a good, <laughs> if you're a good dancer, you're a dozzy shin cracker. Yeah. So if you see somebody just busting moves, man, they are a dozzy shin cracker right there. I don't like shin cracker. That just makes me. It makes you hurt a little bit. Ugh. But they're, they're, they're yeah, my shins. They're dancing, man. This one Ugh. this one's used a lot, but it's also <clears throat> old slang. It's used a lot in in hip hop still. C notes. C notes. C notes for for hundred dollar bills. C notes. Oh, okay. Yeah, as in the Roman numeral C for hundred. Yeah. Mm. C notes. All right. Like it. C notes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Bird dog, Mike. Bird dog. Someone who tries to steal your girlfriend. They're bird dogs. That's right. Got to watch bird out. Dogs. Yeah. Bird dog and sobs. You got to watch out for those. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That bird dog. Yeah, one of at it again. One of one of my old researchers, one of the the PIs that I used to work for. He actually called me a bird dog and SOB one day. Saw me uh. saw me outside in the hallway talking to a girl and he came over and was like, "Ben, you bird dog and SOB." Huh? Get out of here. Just joking. And I was like, I I had no idea. I was like, "What what does that even mean?" What are you telling me right now? Oh, no. Uh, Mike, uh, two left on my honorable mentions. Gangbusters. Love a good gangbusters. Anything successful, you call it gangbusters, you know? Man, that party last night went off like gangbusters, man. Yes! Man, (laughs) that game last night was gangbusters, man. Yes! Yeah. Anything that's successful, gangbusters. Gangbusters. Last one. Horse feathers. So it's it's a good like it's it's a it's it's the good fake curse word, Mike. Ah, horse feathers. Ah, horse feathers. Yeah. When you, <laughs> you want to throw out a, a solid, f- but you can't do it, so you're just like ah, horse feathers. Come on, the man. ship. <laughs> the ship just hit an iceberg. Ah, horse. Feathers. Ah, I can't believe you. Mm, you know. Yeah, that's it. Titanic. That's it, Mike. Yeah. Your number, th- well, I'll go with my number three. <laughs> Do you think that they, somebody said horse feathers on the Titanic when they uh, found out the news? Oh, horse feathers I f- in I the feel, water. I feel like it gets real at some point, and they're like, you know what? No <laughs> way I'm saying horse feathers. This deserves f- <laughs> this is This is a real one right here. Um, oh, gosh. All right. Mike, I'm going to give you my number three. <clears throat> I really right, like this one. When somebody goes on a drinking binge, when they're when they're just out there getting their drink on, Mike, it's called going on a toot. Word. 
Going on a toot. Yeah, that person's on a real toot over there, man. They are on a toot. Uh, they really knew how to say it back in the 30s, Mike. You really you really bring these things out gingerly. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> They're on a toot. Oh, you mean they have a horrible, debilitating disease that's going to destroy their liver? Yes, they're on a toot. You are correct. Yes, it's a toot. Hmm. <laughs> Mike, you're number three. Bodacious. Ooh, classic yeah, 80s bodacious. into 90s. I like it. Mm -hmm. A classic Bill and Ted yeah. used a lot in the Bill and Ted movies. With uh, mm. Yeah, you ever watch the Bill and Ted's, man? With Keanu Reeves? Yeah. I was a little kid. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Keanu Reeves mm -hmm. and the... Uh, and the, the other, other guy. <laughs> uh, all right, Mike. My number two. This one, I like it. I like it a lot, Mike. It grew on me when I was looking these up, and I was like, yes, yes, we need to use this one more. What's buzzing, cousin? Yeah. What's buzzing, cousin? Yeah. I mean, you know, you hear all the time now, what's good, cuz? I like that, you know? What's up, cuz? I hear that all the time, but what's buzzing, mm -hmm. cousin? You just added a nice alliteration there. I like it. What's buzzing, mm. cousin? That's good stuff. I'm going to try to use yeah. it more often, Mike. I like that. Yeah. What's your uh, number two, Mike? My number two, tubular. Oh, man. Going back. 80s, 90s. Tubular. Tubular. Yeah. Tubular. I think I had that on the list originally, Mike. I think I had that. Somehow it fell off my list. I don't know where it went, but I did have tubular. I sent, I it, think you... I sent it to you. I know that when I was yeah. giving you examples. Yes. Tubular. Yeah, yep. You did. You used tubular as an example. Yeah. That was, yeah, I mean, tubular. That's a good one. Ninja Turtles, you know? Tubular. Tubular. Yeah. So that must be like a surfing preference. Like yeah, it's a tube. tube. Mm -hmm. yeah. Hitting the tube, okay. man. Yeah. Tubular. Uh, my number one, another very bizarre one, but I like it. If you're challenging another dude to a fight, this is in like the 40s, 50s. Come on, Snake, let's rattle. Word. <laughs> yeah, right, Mike? Uh. Oh, my gosh. Come on, Snake. Let's rattle. Oh, man. Oh, you're cruising for a bruising. Mm, man. <laughs> you know how bad I would get my <laughs> kicked right now if I told uh. somebody that and they figured out what it was? <laughs> Come on, Snake. Let's rattle. What? What are you talking about? <laughs> I mean, let's fight. Whap! Oh, Jesus. Oh, that was way worse. I would get punched before I even finished saying rattle. That's true. <laughs> Come on, Snake. Let's rattle. Oh, this was a Upper bad cut. decision. Oh, Mike, you're number one. My number one, radical. Man, you stuck to the Come 80s, on. 90s, Mike. You loved it. Yeah. Radical. That one, Rad. all I think about with radical, Mike, is Ninja Turtles. The original yeah, Ninja so Turtles. These are mostly Ninja Turtles. <laughs> well, the original Ninja Turtles movie where Splinter is explaining to everyone how they became mutant Ninja Turtles. And he, he says, then one of them talked. Then more words came. And it shows the little baby turtle going, radical, 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 radical. <laughs> so, I forgot about that. Uh, all it makes me think of, Mike. That's it. Radical. Yeah. Mm, Great movie. It's a fantastic movie. Shout out to uh, Andrew Hagar. Shout we out. had a good talk about it on the show, if you remember that, Mike. We did. Yeah. We did. Mm -hmm. Solid. Mm -hmm. Solid. Anyways, Mike, that has been the Mike C Top 3. Mike, what do you think next week? What are you thinking? 
Ooh, next week. Oh, I wasn't ready. Um, let's say top three. Hmm. Did we do? Have we done top three? You want to do top three holiday? We can movies? do top three holiday. I mean, I yeah. you know me, Mike. Top I'm three. I'm a Grinch, but we can do them. <laughs> All right, we'll find All some right, things yeah. in there. I've got a couple. top three holiday movies. Let's see. I think there's a couple. Well, actually, I know there's a couple of rom coms out there that are holiday movies. Mm-hmm. I'd like to. Get, I'd like to dabble in that range. You know. Yeah. It's a feel good. <laughs> That's a feel good. I mean, are you are you gonna are you gonna be cliche? You gonna put uh, a wonderful life right at the top? Is that it? Don't worry. Don't give away your list. That's no, it's it's not. I've I, I've actually only seen that movie like like once. I've only seen like parts. I'll, of that I'll movie. say I think the uh, people under the age of thirty five, like ninety five percent of the people under the age of thirty five, have only seen seen bits and pieces of that movie. Mm-hmm. They have not yeah. been. They have not been focused on it. Well, let's mm-hmm. say just to fit you in that group too, Mike. Under forty, everyone under yeah. forty, uh, as yeah, just bits and pieces of it. I remember in in elementary school they they played it for us like I don't know how many times. This is one of those like, hey, it's Christmas time. All right, show the <laughs> this. There you go. All right. Anyway. Uh, you would get canceled as a teacher, uh, right? Well, I mean, if you tried to play that now. Uh, no, no, I don't think there's any. No, I, I can't not. think of anything that's uh, unacceptable and it's a wonderful life. Okay. Off the top of my head, I don't remember any like where they go yeah, out and do. You go back and watch it, though. You're like, oh, my God, they're like abusing their wives. I was about to say, I don't <laughs> like, remember any, any, this is terrible. <laughs> any point in the movie where it's like they sit around and talk about how black people are horrible and then like. Anyways, we're going to... Wait a second. Hold on. This is a horrible uh, movie. Um, how old are you? 70? What's your name? <laughs> hey, we're not talking about the lifeguard here, Mike. Come on. Uh, Come on. Anyways. Uh, okay. Holiday movies for next week. Top three holiday movies. It's that time of year. Yeah, it is. Okay. Mike, we've got two uh, birthday suits left. You got one. You're one for one. Uh, we've got a foosball player, a former football player. He's now he's no longer in the NFL. I don't have a lot of faith on that one. And then a very famous uh, comedian slash producer slash director. Um, oh yeah, let's go to the football player. <laughs> Try try the hard one first. Okay. Yeah, I like to I like to do the uh, the challenging ones. Okay. Um, I'm gonna give you his nickname, which gives away his name a little bit, but you still have to get the last name. So his nickname was Johnny Football. Hmm. He played for Texas A&M and then was drafted by the Cleveland Browns number one. Oh, sorry, not number one. What am I saying? Twenty second overall pick. There we go. Hmm. And he was so he played on the Browns most of his career. Uh, two years, my entire two years. Two years. Two years before he was cut from their roster, he won the Heisman. So mm. he won the Heisman. He's the only uh, uh, college football player to ever win the Heisman as a freshman in college. And his nickname was Johnny Football. When? What year was this? Uh, he won the Heisman in 2013, and then he okay. went into okay, the draft so in 2014. Johnny, yeah, I don't know. Johnny Manziel. Johnny Manziel. Okay. Ever heard that name, Mike? 
I've heard that name. Yeah, yep. he's a big deal. Wouldn't have guessed at that. He was a very big deal. Born 1992, <clears throat> Tyler, Texas. Loved football. Grew up playing football, basketball, baseball, and golf. Got a wow. uh, got a scholarship uh, to uh, Texas A&M. Uh, he started there, like I said, 2012. Uh, he really got just launched into stardom when he uh, beat number one Alabama in Tuscaloosa there. Uh, 29 to 24, and people's minds were blown. Uh, He was the first freshman to pass for 3,000 yards and rush for 1,000 in the same season, and he won Freshman of the Year. He also won Heisman, making him the only freshman to win the Heisman. Although, uh, mainly most people think he was just too small for the NFL. Uh, that's why he uh, didn't make it. He was only 5'11", mm. which, you know, in uh, in the NFL, that's pretty teeny, especially when you're a uh, when you're a quarterback. That's pretty pretty small. Yeah, and so I didn't know that. After two seasons in the NFL, they cut him from their roster, and since then he's played in the Canadian Football League, the Alliance of American Football, and now, most recently, the Fan-Controlled Football League. So there you go. So there you go. You're cool. one one for two, Mike. Here we go. All right. Uh, number three, I think you can get. He was the producer for Anchorman, for Forty Year Old Virgin, Knocked Up, Super Bad. Um, a, get him to the Greek Wonderlust. There we go. And he's married to Leslie Mann. Ooh. Constant, constantly working with people like Seth Rogen, working with people like... Uh, um, is uh, it Judd Apatow? There you go. There it yes. is. Judd uh, Apatow okay. is All correct. Right. That felt like a guess. Mike, very cool. interesting for us, you know. Um, so he was born in uh, 1967. Uh, he started a radio show in high school. Had a radio show in high school... Uh, they're, 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 the, the high school had a radio station, Mike. I thought that was something that only existed in Saved by the Bell, but apparently actual high schools have that. And he had a, he had a radio show and he managed to interview Steve Allen, Howard Stern, Jerry Seinfeld, Stephen Wright, Gary Chandler on his radio show in high school. Basically using the same techniques that I use now to get people on our show. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, no, we're totally relevant. It'd be good for your career. Come on our show. Totally. Yeah, come on. Do it. Come on through. Do it. But, uh, yeah, he uh, he had his big breakthrough. Uh, first, he did Freaks and Geeks back in 99. Uh, and then in 2004, he produced Anchorman. Uh, 2005 was 40-year-old version. Uh, Knocked Up was 2007. Uh, it's also 2007 was super bad. 2008 he produced Forgetting Sarah Marshall. Um, just all kinds. Uh, year one, get him to the Greek Wonderlust, like I said, and just like we were talking about, Mike. 2007 he performed stand-up comedy uh, after a long hiatus from stand-up comedy at Carnegie Hall. So there you go. There you cool. go. Yeah, Judd Apatow. He also has. He also has a great book. I think he interviewed a bunch of stand-up comedians. I, um, yeah. Yeah, I think he's got turning, a book. Turning 56, Mike. 56 for Judd Apatow there. 
There you go. Cool. There you go. Cool, cool, cool. Mike, two for three, looking solid. Looking solid. That's uh, you're 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 on the home stretch here, and uh, I think you can finish the year. Maybe I don't know if over sixty percent is within your grasp, but you're one. You're you're eighty for one forty four right now. So you got six more guesses for the year, and then we're closing it up. We're starting it over. Cool. Mike, we have a fantastic show next week. We have D Mob Happy from England on the show going to be very exciting and then of course we got the 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 holiday special coming up after that it's going to be terrific but mike we need to wrap up for this week i have been your host doc g with me as always the one the only mikey maximus the fernicus charette always a pleasure doc g thank you so much for having me of course and until next week zip it up and zip it out zip it a doo